This is Authors in Focus. Hi, I'm James Reed, a fantasy author publishing under JMD Reed. The first volume of my epic 12-book fantasy series, Shadow of the Dragon, is available for pre-order. Check out Foundation of Courage. Today, I'm joined by Adam G. Fleming. He is the author of Satchel Pong and the Great Migration. How are you doing today, Adam? Hey, I'm doing great, James. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah, it's really great to, to return the favor. I was just on your podcast, what, Friday? So a couple days ago? Yeah, with my brother, Aaron, who just finished his first novel. So why don't you give a quick little plug for your podcast while, we, while I remember about it? Uh, yeah, our podcast is called The Deeds Show, and we named it that because the old Fleming family crest motto from Scotland is Let the Deeds Shaw, which kind of means like your actions speak louder than your words or something like that. And so we decided, and Shaw, S-H-A-W is the old spelling for show or the Scottish spelling for show. Uh, so we were like, why not just call it The Deeds Show? So, yeah, my brother Aaron M. Fleming and myself were doing that podcast. It's really fun. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I mean, it yeah. was. I had a great time on it. So, <laughs> oh, I wish I don't know the family crest. Like, my mom's maiden name is Donine, and that has like a crest, and there's a castle in Ireland, and yeah, there's a whole cliffs. There's a cliff named after it, too. Um, yeah. It's not spelled the same because they got, you know, they came over in what, uh, I think right after the Civil War. Uh, my great 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 grandfather and his four sons and so they got like the spelling got changed to a more um, Americanized when they came through Ellis Island but uh, they ended up settling outside of Wenatchee and their sod house they built is now like a uh, national monument no way is, yeah crazy. it's still like I, I've, I, I went there like in a, a family reunion back in the 90s like we went up there and I mean it's a tiny thing it's like the size of the office I'm in right now <laughs> yeah, and, yeah but it's like still standing and it's like a uh yeah, it's like a historical site. Man, back in the day, people had built a house just big enough to sleep in because you practically had to heat it with body heat. So might as well just be packed in there like a den, you know? Yeah. We're out there and they like spent farming. all the time outdoors. Yeah, because they're, they're farming. I mean, that's uh, yeah. Wenatchee's like really like that's where all the apple orchards in Washington State is, is Wenatchee in that area. Ah, uh, right. Is that near Yakima? It's like, yeah, it's on the other side of the mountains. It's um, It's like uh, north of Yakima. It's a little, it's kind of, if you draw a straight line from Seattle, you kind of get to Wenatchee. So Yakima is a little bit farther south. Cool. But yeah, it's pretty neat. Anyways, uh, I always like to start these off with a dumb question. So, Adam, are you a Monday person? Um, huh, that's not a dumb question. Well, this is a dumb question, but it's not a dumb, dumb question. Uh, I think so, because I like my work. I've really kind of built a career around things that I like to do. And I do believe in weekends and I believe that downtime is important for writers and creative people. And so like I I take my weekend seriously, but I'm always excited to get back to work. So yeah, I'll call myself a Monday person. Sure. Fair enough. Fair I enough. know all your fans hate me now because everybody's like, screw you, man. Mondays suck. <laughs> I mean I work I work every day, so I don't it's it's all the same to me. It's just uh, I got you. It's yeah. days. But like uh, Monday is when I do this podcast, so that's how I know it's Monday. 
Yes, it is. And it's Valentine's Day today, too, as we're recording. Yes, it is. It is Valentine's Day. I have a poll up in my, my group to see which one of my characters, couples that people think is the best. And I wow. feel like no one voted on it. So it's going very well. <laughs> we'll find out. I'm going to I'm checking it right now. This is terrible, terrible podcast where I don't have any visuals and you can't see what I'm looking at. But I'm yeah. checking it out anyways. No, no one's voted on it. That's ah, uh, it's a complete failure. Complete failure. 29 people have seen it. No one's voted on it. I don't feel like Valentine's Day is a popular holiday. I feel like people kind of hate it. I'm ambivalent. You don't get the day off. So what, what, what's there to get all excited yeah, about? That's a good point. But then, you know, you and I, we both work for ourselves. So we don't really get any days off unless we decide we want one. So uh, ever since I've stopped having a job where I have like days off and stuff, yeah. I stopped paying attention to when holidays were. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So. Well, it happens to be my birthday tomorrow, so I'm always pretty acutely aware of when Valentine's Day is. All right. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. Well, it's tomorrow, right. but I'll, I'll well, by the by the I'll, time this podcast is up on Wednesday, it, you'll already have had your birthday. Well, okay. So for your listeners, I'm now 48 years old. Woohoo! All right. So let's talk about your novel, Satchel Pong and the Great Migration. It's a dystopian steampunk novel where Satchel Pong is like a bigwig meteorologist, but he knows something not great, that there's this growing heat that's going to destroy a city. And now he's got to lead a migration to uh, save his people. Is he going to succeed? I don't know. Probably knows since he's the author, but sometimes authors don't know how their stories end either. So. Let's find out. Tell us about Satchel Pong and what makes this a really interesting novel to read. Well, I think it's, you know, it's genre fiction. It's set in a steampunk fantasy world, but it's a little bit more character driven in the sense of like character development's important to me and not just like smashing out a a rousing story. And so like, yeah, obviously it moves along and stuff and things have to happen quickly because Satchel Pong gets challenged. So in in his world, the meteorologist is like a government official who's supposed to give a report once a year. And he hasn't done it for a decade because he knows that it's not good. So it's like conflict avoidance, kind of like crap and that kind of stuff. And just not really much of a leader, even though he's supposed to be like an official. And so it's a kind of an interesting premise for a main character, like a slacker of, <laughs> of like a public official, which, you know, um, is kind of fun. And then, you know, he has people on the street, like repeatedly starting to tell him like, you have to give your report like we know something's wrong and and uh, and he he begins to realize. So then he uh, goes to another island in their uh, island nations, like nine islands. Uh, he goes to another island and finds a guy with a wireless um, that communicates with the dirigibles. And the geography of this setting is uh, such that they're under constant cloud cover. So they never have even seen the stars. So dirigibles, which is kind of another entire community in this world, are passing overhead all the time. And there's only one person that has this wireless set who can communicate with the dirigibles. So he's got some, oh, I don't remember exactly how it's set up in the book, but he's got some kind of, you know, government officials always have their playbook, their, um, you know, rules and regulations, which he's also been ignoring, but he's like, I have to, the, the regulations say, I have to go talk on the wireless to the dirigibles. He's never done it before. He has no idea what it is. But he just goes and finds this guy and he talks to the dirigibles and they tell him, you have to leave your home. It's getting too hot. Um, so that's kind of the how the story starts. And there are five books in the series now. And so and it's a complete series. So for people who are, you know, that's compelling. OK, so what's he going to do? 
it's actually over five books. The entire world is trying to decide what to do. First of all, to figure out what's actually happening. Um, what are they going to do about it? Does it require interstellar travel? I'll just say maybe um, at this point. And how, how, how are they going to make that happen? So um, it's a fun series. I really enjoyed writing it. Cool. So where did the idea come from to have a slacker government official that seems very realistic to me uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just not doing his job properly, debating yeah. his responsibilities? You know, it seems a very, very, a very realistic character. What's the inspiration behind this? Well, the inspiration. OK, so the inspiration is I'm working on this massive, uh, more of a literary fiction. It's set in the real world kind of. Um, the document's a couple hundred thousand words long, and I've been working on it for close to a decade. But at a certain point, so the idea there is there's a rock musician. I'm not going to get too into that because I'm not ready to publish that yet. But there's a rock musician, joins a band. The, the lead guitarist, singer, songwriter guy for the band has this novel published in the 80s, back when they used to call indie publishing vanity publishing. So it's a vanity published novel. It's like a thousand pages long. And, and so Vanity it. Press ripped you off. What? That's because a Vanity Press ripped you off to print it back <laughs> in the day. Right, right. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. They ripped you off. You paid tons and tons of money and they printed a thousand. There was no print on demand back then. So they print a thousand of these things and the guy who like sells maybe 30 of them, you know, and but the rock musician finds a copy of it in a used bookstore in Elkhart, Indiana. And he's like suddenly becomes like fanboy to the max, like just in love with this book. And I was like, so I'm working on this story where there's this rock band set in our world. Um, and this guy finds a book and they, you know, kind of tear it apart. Like, what does it mean? And, you know, they write albums about it and stuff. And then I was like, well, I need a rich backstory for this. So I started writing Satchel Pong. I can't remember. It's been five years. I can't remember why I just started with a, government official i don't know that's fair <laughs> like there's there's got to be you know i just started with a premise of the world's getting hotter or something and i i it's so long ago i don't even re really remember it was like two years later i pulled it back out again realized it was 85 percent done and i was like this is pretty good i think i'm gonna finish it and then the next thing i knew i had a five book series and i hadn't worked on the other project for a really long time but that's the backstory is like, it's actually, I always build worlds inside of worlds. So this entire Satchel Pong world is a world that gets discussed in future novels set in the real world that are not fantasy novels, not properly. They're more like alt history stuff. So you're a fan of alt history then, huh? I do. I like to read alt history. I like to read uh, regular history. I've read a lot of um, James A. Missioner's work. Uh, if you know who he is, he's he uh, wrote South Pacific, um, earned a, what did he earn? Like he got a Pulitzer for that or something. Um, they made the musical out of it. And then he wrote 40 more books. He wrote Alaska, uh, Hawaii. Okay. Uh, he wrote, yeah. So You said South Pacific. And I honestly didn't think of the Rodgers and Hammerstein musical that my mom loves. I yes. was like, okay. yeah. So I, you were like, and they made a, they made like a, I was like, wait a sec. His stuff is not alt history, though. It's straight, like, 
he writes 1,200 pages of history. You know, he'll start with like, this is how the Hawaiian Islands were formed. And then he uses archetype characters to kind of show the entire history of Hawaii or whatever location. So yes, he wrote he wrote a book called South Pacific that was made into the musical, and then um, and that was kind of his break back in the 40s, I want to say. Uh, and I think he died in 97 at age 90. So he wrote and he wrote his first book at age 40, by the way, for those of you who are thinking like if you're out there thinking I ought to write a book someday, that dude wrote thousand page books almost always. Most of his books are at least a thousand pages. And he didn't write the first one until he was 40. He wrote like 50 books. That seemed very doable to me. History writer. Oh, yeah. Doable. He worked 12 hour days. He just he was a grinder deeply researched stuff. So if you like history, you, you probably want to check out James Mishner. So is this uh, your book, uh, Satchel Pong, is this its own world or is it like our world in some weird apocalyptic future? Uh, no, it's that's uh, a great question. No, it's its own world. Yeah, it's truly like a fantasy world with kind of steampunk technological advances, as opposed to like, it doesn't have like orcs and dwarves and elves and stuff. It's just a different world with like a well, kind of like the world of The Last Airbender or something like that. That's fine. I just was curious. Yeah, yeah. You know. Oh, that's a great question because some people like to read that. Well, a lot of steampunk is kind of set in something that looks like Victorian London. This one is uh, has a city in it that's kind of like Victorian London, but it's not really set there most of the time. I think the only steampunk novel I ever read was Jim Butcher's uh, Aeronauts, I think. And it was really good, and he never wrote a sequel to it. I think it didn't sell well. Uh, it could be, yeah. Well, I don't know if Satchel Pong and the Great Migration is going to sell well, but I did it for fun, so I wrote four more. Yeah, well, when you're an indie author, you can be like, well, you know, it didn't sell well, but I'll just write it all because I want to. But, you know, when you have a publisher, and they're like, well, this book didn't sell, so we're not going to yeah. buy any more from the series. Well, I'm doing it for me, you know, and uh, yeah. and, you know, and actually, I feel like when I got to book four, actually, I think that's my favorite one. I don't know if I'd say it's the best one, but I think book four is my favorite one. And the fifth was just like, well, I got a lot of storylines, better wrap them all up. And I think I did it a good job at that. But I, I really feel like like this process from 2016 until now of writing a five book series. Well, this is the first time I wrote a complete series and it's first time I wrote a five book series. So it, it was a real learning process, and I think each book gets better. And not that I think Satchel Pong and the Great Migration isn't good. I think it's it's good. But, you know, you want to get the second one. Like, you want to keep going because <laughs> it gets better and better. That's how I feel about it. I get that. Yeah. And that's, you know, something important. You know, you want, uh, you want to hook the readers in and take them on a journey. Yeah, and there's uh, – I got some feedback from somebody that there wasn't a lot of resolution at the end of book one. I was like – Okay, yeah, so read book two, because, like, you'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some people like self-contained novels, but I don't know. I think when you're in genre fiction, it's, you know, people are much more accepting of long-running story arcs that aren't going to be resolved in a single book. It's not like you're writing, like, um, I don't know, like a techno thriller or something. Well, it's like, you know, Satchel Pong, he leads his great migration, obviously, and at the end, it only just uncovers more work that needs to be done, so... You know, let's just say he doesn't get what he's, you know, like sometimes when you do something like lead a great migration, you're kind of hoping that he'll get to the end of it and it'll be done. I'm like, but it's not. So too yeah, bad. No, I get that. He has to keep working. 
Oh, poor guy. But, you know, that means there's more story to tell. So yeah. for fans of uh, the book, you know, you're going to have a lot more uh, fun stuff in the future. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about sort of uh, your writing process. Are you a plotter or a pantser? Yeah, I'm a pantser. Uh, totally. Like, I think that's why book five actually took me almost a year to edit because <laughs> I had, you know, the pantsing process of just like, oh, here's an idea. I'll write that and then just keep going and following bunny trails. And then you get to book five. And the challenge for a pantser is to go, wow, I opened a lot of cans of worms and now I have to close them all um, if I'm going to really end the series. And so it create it's fun to write that way. And it's natural for me, so I'm not going to try to force myself to be something other than who I am, you know. But it just creates work on the editing end where you you have to work harder in some cases to finish things. But I'm also a finisher, obviously. Like, I finish my projects. So that means that I do the work on the back end, I guess. So you got Satchel Pong all done. What are you yeah. working on right now? Well, I'm back on the project with the rock band. Um, I recently took a trip to Portugal and Spain and hiked a couple hundred miles in two weeks. Um, it's called the Camino de Santiago and it goes like up to a cathedral and stuff. And it's kind of like for, you know, personal spiritual retreat type people do it. Like I think in 2019, before the pandemic, 367,000 people walked to Santiago, Spain in one year. So it's like more than a thousand people are arriving on this pilgrimage route every day. And so I had some really great experiences. So I'm writing kind of a series of essays about that in a book that's going to be called Old Roads, New Friends. I met I mean, just like a really cool collection of people while I was walking from Germany, Ireland, Netherlands, Czech Republic. It was pretty cool. So I'm working on that. And then I have some ghostwriting projects. And then I also have a series that I've co-written with a guy named Justin Fike about a cowboy who's sort of kind of a cross between Walker, Texas Ranger and Forrest Gump. And he kind of travels around the world in search of justice and a good piece of steak. So I want to get three more of those book out. We have three out already. It's called the Stetson Jeff Adventures, um, Beat Down in Bangkok, Mayhem in Marrakesh, and Pandemonium and Paradise, and they're all kind of this guy, this character, Jeff Stetson, travels around the world. Um, he, he's um, constantly kind of getting into kickboxing matches. There's a lot of throwbacks to like Karate Kid, Bloodsport, like those movies that we loved in the 80s, um, and it's really fun. So I'm currently working on the audiobooks of the first three that we did because just to kind of remind myself what we wrote and also to get those done. And then I'll be editing books four and five, which are drafted and drafting up and uh, editing book six this year so that uh, the Stetson Jeff will go from three books to six with a full complement of audiobooks for those. So there's a lot of projects on my plate right now. I think that's most of them, James. <laughs> yeah, you sound like busy like me. So yeah, great to hear. Well, yeah. uh, if you want to let our listeners know where they can connect with you on the Internet. Yes. Well, uh, the primary social media that I use these days is Instagram. And that's um, Adam underscore G underscore Fleming uh, with one M F L E M I N G. And then my website is Adam G Fleming.com. So that's really easy. 
And that's where you can kind of, you can either find links to my books on Amazon or you can buy them directly from me autographed. I like to ship them out at least in the U S man, I shipped a book to Canada the other day and it was like 22 bucks shipping. So, I mean, no idea. if you really want autographed, like you'll pay the shipping, but like, it's kind of a lot. Oh, I know. I, um, the other day I had to ship 11 books. Yeah. But 10 of them were in 10 of them were in the US. Yeah. And one of them was to Canada and yeah. I paid half as much to ship everything in the US as I did for that one book to Canada. Right. And I was shipping I was I one of those was my Storm Below series that I shipped and that that last book, you know, those books are like hefty hefty heavy books. They're as big as Amazon will let you print a book. Yeah. So I will ship to Canada, but, uh, you know, if you buy direct on my website and it doesn't charge you enough um, shipping, I'll probably hit you up for it or just cancel the sale. Yeah, it's, it's like 30 bucks. I don't want to sell my books at a loss. And I think if people want an autographed copy of your paperback, they don't want you to lose money. I mean, I yeah, no, it, it, it's you know? no, it's it's like 30 bucks to ship a book to Canada. Yeah. And like I said, I ship 10 books in the U.S. for 15 bucks. Yeah, the funny thing is you could be living in like northern Washington state or something and like I, listen, only shipping lived, 40 miles, right? I'm uh, it was only well, he was in uh, the other side of Canada, but no like uh I, I mean, mean I'm only I'm a two I'm only 2 hours drive from the the border. Right. Yeah. Yep. You just drive it up there and throw it over the <laughs> You you know what's really sad? No, it's cuz Canada's expensive. Like there's um there's a group that there's this like internet comedian group, but they have they sell merchandise. Uh-huh. And they shift their merchandise from uh, they were up there up in Victoria, B.C. Uh-huh. And they ship their merchandising operation to Seattle because, of course, it's cheaper just to ship it to most of the people in the States. But it's right. also just cheaper to ship it from the States to Canada than it is to ship it inside Canada. Ah, yes. Very entertaining conversations on your podcast about shipping. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a uh, really great talking with yeah. you. Adam. I appreciate it so much, James. Thanks for having me on. Yep, you have yourself a good one. Okay, take care. Bye. This has been Authors in Focus. You can find my fantasy novels on Amazon. Follow news of my writing at my blog, jmd-read.com. And follow me on Twitter, at jmdread. You can also join my reader group on Facebook, Fantastical Worlds of the Imagination. You can find more episodes of the podcast at fantasy-focus.com and wherever your favorite podcast is hosted.